Hi, we are Angie and Annalie, and this is Brain Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. Okay, welcome to Brain Basement, everybody. Happy to be back, Angie and Annalie. Today, um, we've got another really uplifting topic. We're going to talk about worry and explore worry for a moment. Um, But as we always do, we'll start with a bit of stillness. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you can find any way to invite a little stillness in. So if you're driving or standing or walking or sitting or maybe even laying down, just take a moment to think about stillness and what it would mean for you right now to feel still for a moment. Just turning your attention into your to your body and noticing how you feel in this moment. If there are certain sensations arising, if there's any spots in your body that feel particularly tense, or maybe you feel at ease and relaxed. And without any judgment of whatever you're noticing, just simply take note of it. And take this moment to observe whatever is coming up in this moment. And turning your attention to your mind for a moment. Noticing how your mind has been today. Has it been busy or relaxed? Have you felt focused or scattered? And again, without any judgment or need to come to any conclusion, just take note of whatever state your mind is right now. And lastly, turning your attention to how you're feeling right now and how you felt today. And if you're able to even name one or two 
emotions that you felt today or that you're feeling right now. Take this moment to do that if they're available to you. Just allow yourself to get curious about those, those feelings. Again, with no need to judge or resolve those feelings, but just simply observing them. And if it feels right for you, just take a moment to, to lengthen your breath Before we return back to our conversation, allow yourself to take one or two or three deep breaths. Filling your body with nourishing, rejuvenating oxygen. And on the exhale, releasing it all and also maybe allowing yourself to release some of that tension or stress if you notice that. And as you finish up these deep breaths, we can return back to a normal rhythm of breathing and if your eyes have been closed, you're welcome to open them and return back to your activities at hand and to this conversation. So, hi, Angie. Hi. So, it's funny, like, I've been so, last week we talked about being wound up, and I've been so wound up this morning, so it kind of feels a little weird to pop into three deep breaths. Um but that felt good, so. Yeah, thanks for making it happen. Um, yeah. I know, I was thinking when we were said we were gonna talk about worry this week, like what's the difference between worry and wound up or that anxious feeling? Do you feel, is worry different or kind of the same, you're on the same highway in a different lane? Yeah, it's such a good question. It feels different to me. And I think it just depends on where I'm placing that worry or placing that feeling of wound up. But last week, we kind of talked about how it sounded like from both of us wound up felt more of this anxiety or tension or stress about things to do. Mm -hmm. And worry, at least the way it's showing up for me this morning and um Last night, as I was reading the news about the school shooting in Texas, I feel it feels different to me. It feels um, it's not so much a feeling of like there's nothing. I don't feel like worry. There's nothing for me to do right now. Worry, <laughs> worry isn't like an internal invitation to like get things done. It actually for me feels. 
it feels important because it feels like I'm acknowledging something that I'm scared about or that means a lot to me, but it also feels um, like I have a little bit of a feeling of helplessness Mm -hmm. and worry isn't the emotion I'd go to if I was trying to like spring into action, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd associate that more with like anger, like anger for me is more motivating. Like, okay, so I'm, I'm mad now. What am I going to do about it? You know, and worry for me is just like walking around my house, like carrying this little black cloud, you know? Yeah. What about you? How does worry feel for you? I mean, I think of worry now that we're discussing this, I kind of think of my granny. I think of my granny Marge, who I loved dearly and was this wonderful Midwestern pie baking lady. And she worried and she had these fears. And I remember being young and just thinking like, why are you worried about this? Like, this is so silly, right? If we, if my cousins and I went out riding our bikes or when I started driving and one thing that stands out in my mind is I had purchased, I was young, but I had a job and I had graduated college. And maybe this was one of the first times I had my own money and I had purchased a spa day in Chicago at um, a fancy spa for my mom and my grandma and I. And she came from her small Midwestern town with my mom to the big city of Chicago, which was a big deal for her. And then we were gonna, it was a surprise. So we were going into the mall to get this. And my granny, I remember stayed in the, entryway of the mall and kept worrying if my mom was going to be able to find parking and how were we going to meet up and how would she find us and she was just kind of paralyzed in this fear and it made a big impression on me and I thought she's like missing out on these fun things in life because she's so fearful and I think sort of that created I I grew up with some kind of negativity against worry. Like you, you shouldn't worry. Worry is ridiculous. It's unfounded. I'm not going to worry. I feel positive that things will work out. There's less reason to have a fear about this. So maybe I have clung to that worry. Um, it's like when we were talking about the Winnie the Pooh voices in our head, several episodes back and hearing that voice of worry in our mind that comes up, well, what if this happens? Or, you know, what if my child gets hurt? And what serious worries that are a concern for all of us that none of us want to happen. And that piglet voice of anxiety, Pooh is equanimity, he is calm. And then Piglet says, what about this? What about that? What if this happens? Um, I just kind of associate that Winnie the Pooh voice and my grandma with worry, not to discount it at all, because I certainly have worry, but when I do it, I kind of think, 
of Granny Marge. I don't know if that has any <laughs> anything to do resonates with you at all. No, I love it. It's like a practical example of of yeah, worry. And I I do resonate with it. And what it reminds me of is like I wouldn't have called myself a worrier before I got married and had kids. Like I just it wasn't like a trait that I would have used to describe myself. And I yeah. don't think even people close to me would have been like, oh yeah, she's a worrier. But something happened, not, well, maybe it started when I got married. Um, but especially when I had kids and all of these thoughts started coming in my head that I had never had before, which makes sense because I'm now a mom and, you know, I am responsible for these other people and not just myself, but I started worrying about stuff that, that I wasn't worried about before or scared of, like even flying. And we fly so much in our lifestyle, you know, like flying was never a thing for me before I had kids, like no big deal get on a plane, put my eye mask on and I'm out, you know, it was like almost the best, like, and then I had kids and it was just like this flood of worries. Like, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if we all die? And what if, what if someone pukes every five minutes? And, and like, every time we moved to a new place or we went on summer vacation, it was just like this barrage of worries. And it was just like, where did this come from? Like, I don't even want any of this. And logically, I know that we're, everything's going to be fine, but like, that's just an example of the type of worries that came in once I had kids. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't just flying. And now luckily, like I'm kind of chilled out on that specific. Well, topic. I was going to say, would you, would you call yourself a warrior now? If you were thinking of like five things to, that describe you, would you say you're a warrior? I'd say I still worry more than I definitely did. Like when I was single, but I'm not, I don't worry as much as I did when my kids were younger and they're okay. still young, but I don't worry as much. Cause and, I wouldn't call you a worrier at all. And knowing you as a yeah. mom, I see you as like a, such a relaxed mom and your kids are allowed to climb on things and explore. And I think of other moms that I've been around as definitely exhibiting like worrier that I would classify some people as, wow, that mom is really a worrier. And I wouldn't put you in that category. Well, I think that like just becoming more aware of my thoughts mm -hmm. and like even tuning into like that there's actually stuff going on in my brain, which yeah. I didn't used to do when I was a younger mom has helped because I think now I'm like, this isn't served. I'm just more aware of those thoughts and like realizing that, um, they're not always super logical mm -hmm. and those thoughts can take me down a road that I, that's not helping anyone. Like it's not helping my kids. It's not helping me. So I think I'm more likely to interfere than I used to be when I was, uh, 
younger mom. So I think that's helped. And also I think the foreign service has helped so much because we live in places with huge threats. <laughs> like every place we've lived, you know, has had like some type of threat. Um, and I don't know when I came to this like mantra or thought, maybe it was when we were living in Ukraine, which is like eight years ago now or six years ago. Um, but it was like, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. It was something like, we're fine until we're not, mm. which like, you know, might not sound like the most inspiring thought, but like it helped me because it was just reminding me like, yes, there's all these things happening around us. But the fact is like, nothing's happening right now so we're okay mm -hmm. and I don't I think a few things have definitely influenced me um, I think that that piece of noticing what is happening in our mind is so important because but if you're not recognizing the thoughts that are happening you're just experiencing them as true like we could get in a car crash while driving to school this morning. That just seems potentially that's true. That's true. If you don't hear that you're telling yourself that, if you don't hear that piglet voice and start to pay attention, like, oh, something's something in my mind is saying we could get in a car crash on the way to school. Once you pull it out and notice it, you can say, you don't even have to say, no, absolutely not. You can say, yeah, that's possible or possible that we could get to school without a car crash since we've done that 100% of the time so far in driving to school. So chances are it's just hearing it so that you can then look at it and ask yourself how true it is, how much, <laughs> how much time do I want to devote to believing it. Um, and then I think I have that awareness of that voice. And then I, I kind of, maybe not in the best way, but sort of tell myself like, that's silly. I have a thought like that. And then I immediately say, that's absurd, or that's ridiculous, kind of the way I, my judgy teenage self thought of my <laughs> granny, like, you're yeah. absurd, you're just being like, really ridiculous right now <laughs> yeah um yeah so I wonder if we just pay attention to that instead of the and I I heard this um today about or maybe I don't know if maybe I heard it yesterday but it was more about focusing on the human connections that we have over the rest of what's going on so thinking of how do I want to live my life full of connection today? Well, how do I want to interact with the neighbor and the clerk at the store and the person at the car repair shop? And just what do I want to put into the world today? Because that's what I can control. And if, if I'm living in a world where I'm kind to other people, I'm noticing the kindness that is coming towards me. I'm noticing the I'm feeling appreciative for the options we have and the choices in my life and the 
you know, just day-to-day privileges and things that I'm grateful for, terrible things can be happening in the world. And I'm living my life to the best of my ability with putting, with creating a beautiful life. Yeah. I love that. And I truly believe that's like the antidote to worry Mm -hmm. because worry for me grows until when it's just unattended. So if I'm in my house and going around and kind of doing my things and no one's there and I'm not talking to anyone, like worry can just flourish and have its way with me. But like you said, if something happens when I walk out my door and I just start having regular everyday interactions or even just like feeling the sun on my face, getting into my car, turning it on, taking my daughter to preschool, just going through the motions because it's really, it's almost like talking back to that feeling of worry, like, okay, like I'm feeling you. Mm-hmm. but I'm still deciding to carry on with my day. Even if there's nothing revolutionary that I'm doing, like it's just going through the motions of a regular day. Cause even this morning, like with the shooting that happened, I definitely had the thought, like I'm reading things online of parents that are like, I don't want to take my kid to school today. Like how can any parent take their kid to school today? You know, I even had that thought and I'm in Mexico. Like I'm not even, you know, like, you don't even have to be near where it happened or anything. Mm-hmm. You just start feeling like, yeah, the strength of these thoughts that they can somehow be true for all of us. And um, of course, like bad things happen all the time and anything can happen, but like that is feeding my, like it's the opposite, I think of going through the motions and actually just living a normal day. So I love what you said. Um, there were times in at the Philippines. I remember we lived like on the 30th floor of this high rise. And if I didn't get out of my apartment, this is after I had my second baby. If I didn't get out of my apartment every day, like my mind seriously would just go nuts. And I don't know if that's just unique to me, but I would tell my husband, like, I have to get out of the apartment every single day, even if I just walk across the street, you know, and around the block and then come home because something happened to my brain, just like a reminder that the world is okay on our block today, you know? And if I stay in my house or up on my 30th floor apartment, my, my lovely thoughts would just Oh, Anna, yes. Okay. So you're always the one that brings in the science and, but I'm going to bring in a little science in the most Angie way, because I don't exactly remember the name of the book. I think it is mind wandering, mind wandering. And this involved a study where they had people um, in in the MRI machine. And they were looking at the difference of what is happening in your brain when you're focusing on like smiley faces. And then they would show some sad faces, sad expression or 
and they were trying to study and notice which areas of the brain were stimulated or lighting up in these different scenarios. And what happened funnily enough was they noticed what they weren't looking for at all. And they recognized that when the person who was in the MRI machine was in between looking at the happy and the sad faces, when there was a pause, they noticed how much brain activity and how, how the brain was lighting up when there was no stimulation. And so it's kind of like, what happens to your mind when your mind is wandering and where does your mind go and what are you doing? And especially in today's world, I think we spend less time in that, right? We're like, let's turn on a podcast. Let's have a movie. We're always focused on something that's happening. Look at this, read this, do this, and not just sitting in an isolated you know, MRI machine, letting your brain wander, or like you sitting in your apartment with babies, where does your mind go? And they noticed how active um, the scientists noticed that all the participants, the brain activity was really active when someone wasn't focused on one thing or another and how interesting that was. So, and I don't know if many of us pay attention to where our mind goes when we, mm. when we have time to think. For me, it's driving. When I take a long driving trip, I get really creative ideas, kind of people might say they're kooky, silly ideas. <laughs> get a lot of ideas driving. Yeah. Um, like what kind of thoughts are you, do you generally like, what's the tone? Is it like worry, um, worry thoughts or is no, it like your best ideas are coming to you? Best ideas. The silliest okay. one that I talked, I've talked about at every single barbecue and party. My family is so sick of hearing is I really want to get someone to redesign an old defunct mall, like a shopping mall into a nineties mall. And I want all the stores to be there. I want like Britch's Great Outdoors and Swatch and Tower Records and like the terrible food crappiest like Rainforest Cafe where you just pay $40 for like chicken Alfredo to sit around plastic plants with a thunderstorm noises happening. The silliest stuff and everyone goes there like King's Dominion, you have to pay $20 to enter, but you have to put your phone in a locker. So it is a full 90s experience. Walk around the mall, only 90s movies are playing in the food court on the TVs. It's only showing the OJ Simpson chase or the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan newsflash. Yeah. And yeah. everyone wants to go, right? All of us old oldsters, all the 45-year-olds want to go there for a date night. And then the teenagers want to go there to see what life was like without a phone and to check yeah. out the gap that only sells white shirts and khakis. 
What a trip. Okay. So what does your family say when you bring up those wild ideas? Okay. So that was, I drove for 14 hours in one day last week. And then that was, that was my great idea that I really focused on all the details of how this could work and how fun and popular it would be for all ages as an amusement park, like an alternative to Great Wolf Lodge or King's Dominion or places you were going to go. And then I share this idea. So of course they all kind of hear these wacky kooky ideas of what would be great in the world and make the world a better place and roll their eyes and say like, mom, that's ridiculous. My daughter said it could work, but we need to take photos. So there has to be Kodak disposable cameras which oh, yeah. then I incorporated, there could be the one hour photo place too, because no one's even used to waiting for your photos to be developed. Yeah. Um, and then mostly my kids and my husband are just like, that's ridiculous. No one would ever go to that mall. But you know what? I feel like you're like, that just sounds fun. Like kind of fun to be in Angie's head on the 14 year old, 14 year old. 14 hour drive because the alternative could be like you, you know, if it were me, it could be like me stressing out about like, I don't know, some random thing that just sounds like such a more fun alternative. Like, I mean, there all- are days that I do the stress out that, that my brain is just going to focus on the stressful things. But usually when I'm driving, yeah, I'm fully in appreciation of like freedom. I don't, I don't know what it is about driving, having cartoons on, like I can stop anywhere and get a milkshake, milkshakes abundance. I appreciate coffee at sheets, Mm -hmm. rice, crispy treats that you can buy at a gas station. I think my Yeah. I think my spouse could relate to you. Like he loves a good road trip and it's so relaxing to him, but like, to your point, I think it's super interesting to think about what our brains, what the reflex is for our brains Mm -hmm. and where they go based on time of day and what we're doing. Like for me, when I'm running, I have, those are my moments of sheer inspiration. Like I have my music pumping into my ears. I'm running and it's just like a bucket is turned upside down over my head. And like, it's just like all these bright ideas. But, um, so to think about those situations where our brains are more creative or more playful or more active or more hopeful. I want to put my brain into that space more often and be wary of it during the times where it's just feeding me a pile of crap. Like basically from 5 PM on it's best if I do not listen to my own thoughts, the later it gets, the more dangerous those thoughts become. And I could probably like do something about that by right? you need on my phone. Yeah, yeah. 6 p.m. brain. You're like, nope, I'm not listening to you. And we can think about the times of day. Is it what are where is your brain in the morning? Where does your yeah. brain go in the shower? Where does your brain go 
when you're running? Where does your brain go when you try to meditate? At mm-hmm. bedtime, I think it's tons of tons of us go to sleep at night and then focus on worry. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably wrap up. Yeah, but how long have we been talking about worry? <laughs> how long have we been worrying about worry? But there was the there's the '90s mall in there too, and hopefully, someone listening is like a building contractor investor person who will just make this happen. Yeah. I'm glad that made it in the episode. That was like a highlight. I just would, the world would be such a great place if we had that more important than the mall of America. This could be a place that brings the world together and remembers what it was like to experience life with no phone for a few hours. (sighs) A whole new thing. Sign me up. Sign me up, Angie. I don't know if I meant to include that in our worry episode. All right. but Thanks for the convo. <laughs> Thanks for everyone, everyone for listening. <laughs>